Well, if you've ever felt disconnected in a room full of people, then this episode is for you. This is the Keeping It Simple podcast, where the rubber meets the road concerning the one thing Jesus told us to do. Yeah, and looking forward to today's episode. That's going to be actually two part one. This one, yeah, and we're going to we've be talking, already decided <laughs> we are going to be talking about a really key element. I think the element that if you miss this, you kind of miss everything we're trying to communicate about intentional relational discipleship. Uh, so we're going to move into talking about relationship today. Uh, obviously, we have looked at the one thing Jesus told us to do. We have looked at. Our role in that is to make disciples. Uh, we've looked at the intentionality that we need to bring to disciple making. And then today we're going to be looking at really the core of of the vehicle that uh, disciple making comes through. Yeah. And I guess we, we touched on it last week as we talked about intentionality. We, we felt the need to inject and talk about the thought that discipleship really is relationship. Mm. And I guess today we want to expand on that. So, so talking discipleship is to talk about helping other people grow personally and helping them, I guess, reproduce that in, in others. And I guess most of us would agree that's a good thing. Mm, right? I, I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the danger is, and, and we would have seen this happen time and time again, is that we can simply squeeze that desire back into the same box we've often had it in, which is classroom services, mm. programs, materials. Yeah, yeah. You start talking discipleship and there's this temptation to just do the same thing uh, you know, a different way in a sense or to, again, fresh materials, if I just got the right materials, yeah. if, I just, if I had the right series of classes. And and I guess we're advocating against that actively. Don't go down that track. Yeah, or even like, uh, you know, discipleship happens through my preaching, which, yeah. you know, to, to some extent might be true, but I guess this is maybe one of the most significant factors in the kind of discipleship practice that we're advocating is, is the mode of delivery itself being that it's all about relationship. Mm. That's what makes it stick. That's what makes it transferable is that it's about relationship. That's the one. That's the one. We've got to be so careful we don't confuse a model with a relationship. So it's it's so easy to, I guess, and what has happened in the past in church world is we get sold a model. If you just do it the way someone else is doing it, you'll get the same results that they, they're getting. And I think back to, you know, and a lot of what we're talking about, the principles and some of the values come out of the 1970s, 80s, 90s cell church movement. And I, I can remember as a pastor, local church pastor and many pastors, there was kind of this big letdown around the cell church movement and what it promised because people came out, they did conferences, everyone was talking about cell groups, about the cell church, and and yet uh, we weren't able to reproduce the results. And the problem wasn't actually the model, the problem was the failure to understand the values Right. That actually animated the model, that gave life to it. You know, otherwise you're just implementing a different structure. So everyone's implementing cell groups and lots of people are finding it really difficult. Mm. Lots of leaders are burning out. It's it's sort of not working the way it did in Colombia. It's not working the way it did in Singapore. Or right. All these big cell churches out of either South America or Southeast Asia tended to be the thing. Um 
And and the problem was we wanted to embrace, I, I call it a get-rich-quick scheme, which mm. we are often tempted to do, particularly if you're a local church leader, mm. is someone promises fast results. How to build your church fast. You, you just want to <laughs> jump on it. And, and that comes out of a genuine desire to see the church flourish. But we've got to be so careful, even with discipleship, that it doesn't just become another conference gimmick mm. to grow your church. I'm really, really concerned about discipleship at the moment in the sense that it's become a buzzword. Everyone seems to be talking discipleship for the last year, maybe or two, and uh, and the problem is it becomes a buzzword and then it falls into the same danger of it becomes a get-rich-quick scheme. People try and do some of the things they see people doing, but they don't embrace the underlying values that make it operate. And really, I think what we're talking about over the next couple of sessions, this is the key value. Yeah, because there's always space to talk about model, I suppose, and how you're doing things, but Mm -hmm. you've got to have that foundational stuff first. Um, Otherwise, you just run into the trap of of trying to, again, replicate what someone else is doing without realising potentially that every single environment is different. Exactly right. That the country you're in, the city you're in, Mm -hmm. are you in a country town, are you in a big city, Mm. all of those things are actually going to play a part. Um, So, for example, a lot of our groups would meet kind of in coffee shops, but that doesn't work um, for, for example, our mission partners that we work with because Mm – they're working in less affluent mm. situations. They can't afford to have a $4 coffee every week. Um, so, and I think even within our church, within different demographics. Yeah, that's that not everyone here either. It's all going to look different. That's mm-hmm. right. I mean, we've got some groups of young adults which, um, you know, they might meet for ribs every week because <laughs> they've got, you know, expendable I, income. I want to be in that yeah, group. I yeah. want to be in that group. Um, but that kind of model is just not realistic for our families with young kids or, or yeah. whatever. So there has to be flexibility around the model, but we've got to make sure that we keep that foundational relationship thing. Mm. I think as far as how we do it, it's up to us to listen to God for our people. Um, Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom and he'll build his church. That's it. That's it. I mean, you know, the, the biggest key Jesus has given us when it comes to making the church healthy, reproductive and expanding is make disciples. Mm. I mean, he's given us the keys, <laughs> make disciples. Um, I guess what we're talking about now is even praying about what are some of the keys for my area, mm. for my demographic, for the people that that God has embedded me with. How can I reach people in my sphere um, and in my culture? So God is well able to give you wisdom for the house to be built in that sense. Mm. Um, but just remember, Jesus will be building it. If you, you if you build people, he'll build the church. And what we're saying there is a bit of an oversimplification, but actually I, I like it simple. Simple's reproducible. Yeah, yeah. You know, simple means it, it's a low buy-in point for everyone. Anyone could get involved and everyone should be able to get involved in this process. Mm. And uh, so I guess, I don't know, what would you say about relational discipleship, well, model, the important of relationship. Yeah, it, it, look, models don't make disciples. Often, again, summarising, we get sold this concept that if we get the right model, everything's going to work for us. Mm. But models don't make disciples. People make disciples. You know, it's yeah. important to have a good model for discipleship. I'm not saying that. I think here we have a great model, but I know in my heart that is not enough. A mm. model's not enough. The way you run a group or, or how you do small groups or whatever – that's not enough. 
uh, because discipleship's relationship model is really just like the common ground that we bring people together on so that relationships can then possibly form. Yeah, I mean, the handle we've put on that is is a life group, which really starts as an artificial structure mm. um, to some sense. I mean, it feels quite organic, but hopefully it morphs into something even more di- more organic, something mm. where there, there is actually genuine relationship there. It's That's not it. just a group of people showing up for a Bible study to learn more about something. Mm-hmm. It's people who are actually growing together relationally. Yeah, it's it's more than just trying to close the back door of the church. Yeah. We'll yeah. stick people in groups. Oh, if they have friends, they won't leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, that's the connect group structure, which is great, and I think it has a place. We have connect groups too that simply hold people that might not actually be on some mass, massive growth journey. They might actually be in a different stage of life where they do just want to hang out around a hobby or whatever. I affirm it all if it creates relationship but life group where people are really doing relationship with one another and wanting to see people grow that goes beyond the boundaries of a group meeting yeah and i think some great fruit we've seen from that has been for example we had someone who was suddenly sick oh just to drop Whoa, something that's uh, there goes my phone yeah, podcast <laughs> under construction yeah yeah under renovation <laughs> um we, we had a um had someone from our church who was sick in hospital in victoria mm. um which geographically that's a long way away from us Mm. And we just happened to have another family that was in the same place um, from their life group who ended up visiting them in hospital mm. um, to make sure that they were okay and to pray with them and stuff like that. Well, actually, that. They, I think they went around and after this person got out of hospital, they had a meal with them. Oh, true. Yeah. You okay, know, so they had all the kids together and the kids aren't the same ages. So you've got teenagers with younger children. Um but you look at it and it's like that that did not come out of a church pastoral program. Yeah, yeah. That's organics. Yeah. That's organised organics, but that's organics. And so we didn't ask those people. We would never have expected them. Take time out of your holiday to visit someone. But as soon as they heard they were sick, that was the natural inclination. And that is the body of Christ. Yeah. That goes beyond structure. It goes beyond model. And I think ultimately is what we, we're looking for in healthy church life. Yeah, and I mean, so again, I mean, relationship really is the, mm. the key to seeing that happen. Mm. Um, I think of Mark three fourteen, where it says he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that they might send, uh, then, that he might send them out to preach. Mm. And it's interesting there that relationship is mentioned before gift and release, that, yeah. that they might be with him that he might send them out to preach. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's interesting from a church leader's perspective because if you're not careful, and I'm not casting a broad net over everyone, maybe I'm the only sinner listening, but uh, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, it, it's really tempting to see someone who's gifted, someone who could help you build, someone who can help you you know, serve, etc., and to just grab them for that. Mm. But not, Jesus didn't do that. You know, and he had the most important, I guess, team to send out ever. Mm. But it's interesting the order this even comes in the scripture. He chose them that they might be with him. Yeah. And then he'll send them out to preach. And so definitely relationship comes before gift. It comes before release. And and I think we need to be really, really careful that we don't see Jesus as some bulletproof, aloof leader, mm. which we can fall into the trap 
church leaders can fall into that trap. And we've mentioned it in early earlier episodes where, you know, you can get tired and you can get beaten up sometimes. You can be suffering sheep bite is a joke amongst pastors where, you know, people who are hurting, it's not hard for them to hurt you. Mm. They can lash out. They can misunderstand. You know, you as a leader can make genuine mistakes and pay a high price for it. Yeah. And if you're not careful, you can actually become aloof as a leader and you can try and save yourself emotionally but you don't actually see Jesus doing that yeah you know right. i think of i think of things like the last supper and you've got this picture obviously jesus is facing the cross he breaks bread with them they're they're celebrating the passover he's instituting a new covenant talking to them about that and you've got the apostle john leaning back on his chest mm during the meal, because they all would have been sitting on cushions on the ground, most likely Middle East style. And um, and John's leaning back and you see this tenderness and this nearness that I don't think was just cultural. I, and, and I don't think it was sort of John's need to be near Jesus. I think this is, this is a picture of a reciprocal relationship mm. that Jesus being fully human as well as fully God understood his need for relationship. Right. You know, yeah. you see it in Gethsemane. Um, could you not pray for me one hour? They go to sleep. Yeah. So here's yeah. Jesus, and and we could see that as like I think it'd be I think it'd be probably wrong to see it as Jesus going. I need my prayer warriors with me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Yeah, I mean? yeah. You guys are such awesome <laughs> prayers. Yeah. You storm the gates of heaven. You know. I don't think that. You know. Jesus was quite capable of praying himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and touching the Father's heart in a way that none of them probably could. So. I don't think it was about praying. I think it was about being. Right, yeah. It's like, could you not, couldn't you give me one hour, guys? Mm. Couldn't you just be with me? I'm sweating drops of blood here mm. over what's about to happen next. And and I need you now. Mm. And so I, I think that's relationship. Relationship before ministry, without a doubt. Relationship before release but also the fact that Jesus, the Son of God himself, realises I need relationship and that relationship is critical. Right, which again just reaffirms relationship is not a growth tool. Mm-hmm. It's not a model. It's a basic human need. That's it. People need relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the church should be really good at relationship, at creating community. Without a doubt. I mean, we share some very unique common ground around being disciples of Jesus. So that's this kind of space that relationship and community should flourish. Exactly right. And look, I think you make a fantastic point. Relationship's not a growth tool. It sort of speaks back to that. Let's hope discipleship doesn't just become another buzzword. Yeah. It doesn't become another program or a system or a model that we try and adopt to, to get a, a get-rich-quick scheme as far as the local church just expanding and growing and everyone looks successful. It's mm. none of that. Yeah, Jesus wasn't in it for that. We shouldn't be in it for that. This is so much of probably what was sort of went wrong at one point with relationship evangelism. There was this thing where it was like, you know, you make friendships and that's how you reach people. And it's like, well, that's true. I affirm that. That's mm. true. But that's not the value. The value is not I'll grow the church or I'll look like a successful personal evangelist. Yeah. The value is 
God cares about people. Yeah. So yeah. I care about people. Yeah. And even if they don't believe, I'm still going to be your friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, does, yeah. My friendship doesn't cut off when you decide that, no, it's Christianity's not for me. Yeah. It's like if I make friendship with someone who's not yet a believer, then that friendship's got to stand outside of whether they make a decision for, for Christ sure, or not. Yeah. Because I'm just making I'm making relationships with people because God loves people and so do I. Yeah. You know? And and they're gonna smell a mile away someone and I think people are the same when it comes to if it's I don't know, too much of a model where, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, 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 what we're trying to do is something that's very genuine. Mm-hmm. We want you to have genuine relationship with people. Yeah. And we know in that context Growth's going to happen. You're going to be discipled when yeah. there's intentionality, like we talked yeah, about yeah, last week. Yeah, and I guess it comes it comes back, and we'll cover this in more detail. But just off the cuff, thinking about, you know, it it, it changes the way you measure the health of whatever model or system or whatever that you're using. That artificial structure that should then foster organic growth. For us, it, it you know it's gone from you get this many people and then you multiply and then you. Mm. For us, it's like look what's happening around that person. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah, at how yeah. people are growing. Mm. You know, and and a successful group is not twenty people in a group. For us, that's not necessarily a successful group mm. because we have to ask the question: Is that group imparting? something that tells people we need to go on mission? Yeah. Or is that group imparting something that's saying us four and no more because it feels so good to be together? Yeah. So we regularly have to talk to group leaders about, hey, guys, it's uh, it could be time to branch out. You need to release another group because your growth is going to be capped, Mm. you know, and and this is not about we just want a big group. This is about we want to reach as many people as we can. Yeah. We want everyone to have this incredible experience of relationship and connection and personal growth. Mm. So we're not looking to start other congregations. (laughs) We're looking for discipleship to happen and we're not necessarily looking for more groups. We're just looking for quality discipleship. And I think personally that gets pretty difficult once a group gets bigger than eight people, maybe ten people. Yeah, yeah. Relationship suffers. Mm, That's when relationship begins to suffer. But, you know, perfect size for groups is between three and six people. Yeah. By the time it hits eight, if it hits eight, it's getting pretty healthy and it's happening. You need to be thinking how can we then pass it on because, again, relationships the value yeah and when you get too many people in a room relationship is what suffers that's right yeah and i mean which is sometimes a challenge with a big church right is that exactly if there's not a way of connecting people together interestingly you've got so many people but very little relationship it makes you think of like living in world cities when yeah you'd have someone on a train with i don't know a thousand people on a train yet they're lonely yeah because they're surrounded by people there's no real relationship there they're not connected and and that's why the larger the church gets the more it actually has to be intentional about getting smaller at the same time yeah you know and uh and some large churches only get large because they do that exceptionally well that's right you know so it's not a given that big church i've heard that said like people say you know big churches are so impersonal it's like actually Probably not. Yeah. I mean, the fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're probably working really hard on micro community and it can be easy as a, as an outsider to look in and go, oh, it's just big. There's thousands of people in an auditorium, but I'm sort of more interested again. Like we, we need to gather. That's important, but that's only one dimension. Mm. So what's happening midweek? Yeah. You know, are people visiting one another 
because they're in relationship, not because the pastor said we need a pastoral visitation. Yeah. And I think that's what the health and life of the church yeah. truly is. Or because there's a program that's run on Wednesday night. That's no, they're right. meeting together because they have relationship. And they want to. Yeah, and relationship yeah. is key. Yeah, exactly. So we might draw a line under that. We're going to come back to it next week. Yeah. There's a fair bit to chew on there, so yeah. go back and do your chewing. But over, uh, like as you're chewing... Remember, being being a disciple, it's not about being perfect or a super Christian. It's about remaining teachable. Thanks for being with us today. If you've made it this far, then we hope that means this episode was valuable to you. We'd love this resource to reach anyone who needs it. So please consider giving this podcast a rating or sharing this episode with someone you know. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email keepingitsimple at newhope.org.au. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you in the next episode.